for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. candy. Yes, yes, Cisco Kennedy and JC back here. This is Air Candy. How you feeling, JC? What's up? What's feeling new? great? Episode two of the Coffee and Candy podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to pick up the conversation where we left off last time, trying to let the world know how coffee and candy came to be, the road we've traveled, and the road in front of us. That's right. It was a nice little introduction. We got a chance to kind of go back a little bit down uh, like memory lane, how we started, um, and kind of like to segue into where we are now 2023 is the current year and uh in 2022 is where we really started to put some of the pieces that we had in our mind now into a reality starting to do some shows week by week in our local area uh doing some remixes some like original songs and that was really what 2022 was all about for us is just getting started getting the footprint right Yeah, if you think back, you know, our relationship sort of had like three phases. Phase one was sort of the student teacher getting me back into DJing, learning about the equipment, learning about the electronic ways that uh, people do DJ these days. You know, phase two was you and I actually getting out there doing gigs together on the lounges, the clubs and the outdoor block parties that we participated in. Mm -hmm. And then phase three uh, was sort of segueing into production and i was hoping we could talk a little bit more about that in this episode because the last time we left off you let the audience know that we had a number of remixes and original tracks uh, which have been produced under the label coffee and candy many of them are out there on spotify soundcloud apple music and of course the many many dj pools namely uh dj city and more uh, but you know in, in total candor with our audience You truly are sort of the brains behind the production operation of Coffee and Candy, and you have been a well-known music songwriter, producer, uh, what have you, for for years. And you you have always gone on to the moniker Cisco Kennedy, And, and I'm blessed to have Cisco Kennedy as a part of Coffee and Candy. I want you to tell us a little bit about, you know, how Cisco Kennedy came to be and how it is that you've become a music producer over the years. Yeah, well... As a songwriter, I've probably been writing music since about 2004. How old were you then? In 2004, I was around the age 15. Wow. Um, So I was starting to experimenting with songwriting, and that was actually a stem from poetry. So in elementary school and in middle school, I really took a liking to poetry, rhyming. I felt that I was very good at that. Anytime we had to do something for uh, like my English class that had to do with poetry, I always aced it. I always aced it because I was just very quick with rhyming words, doing like sonnets and, and, and all that jazz. And I just found it very natural. So the poetry turned into now putting like a melody to the rhyming, you know, most poetry, some of it rhymes, 
And that's where I started to get into quote unquote song mode. Now writing songs that are like typically verse, chorus, second verse, chorus, bridge, and an outro. That very, is very traditional song structure. Yeah, that's in your top 40 uh, like commercial radio sound. That's how songs were structured back then. They're not like that anymore. Not even close. Okay. Now, songs are like two minutes in and out. So so you're a teenager, you're in high school, uh, you're sort of exploring your, your inner creativity, you find poetry to be a, a good outlet for you, mm-hmm. you learn that you're good at it, you really enjoy it, you develop a passion for it, and you take the skills and experience that you had with the poetry, and now you transfer that to actually starting to develop songs. Yeah, so Mondo Music was probably the first name that I went by. Mondo music, Mondo style. I would I would say that in my songs. So the poetry, I always wanted to get into rock and roll, but I didn't have the voice to sing like that. So naturally, back in 2003, as a teenager, um, hip hop was a big influence, as hip hop is over most kids, and. I just gravitated towards, well, I can rhyme and I can kind of keep to a beat. So I'm going to stop, quote unquote, rapping. So the poetry turned into songwriting, songwriting turned into rapping. Even though at the time I was personally into rock and roll, I was listening to all types of bands, 70s, 80s and 90s and what was hot at that time. That's what I was personally into. But since I couldn't, I didn't have that voice to be a singer or a rocker or a screamer, whatever you call it, <laughs> I chose to rap because that's that's what I could do. Hip hop was kind of cool, and I wanted to be cool too as a teen, as most teens do. So that's what I did. I just naturally formed it, and then I started with rapping over instrumentals in a mixtape style, like most people do. And that only lasted for so long, and then I said. I'm going to buy myself a synthesized keyboard and I'm going to stop making my own beats. And then that's where production started because now I had to figure out how to create my own music. And speaking of that, I think it's important that everybody knows that, you know, unlike many other people in the music industry, you're not a classically trained musician. You didn't go to a Juilliard or a uh, a, a fancy music school Berkeley uh, you, or... you, 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 you developed an ear for the music But you don't necessarily read the written music no. And you didn't graduate a production school You didn't go to school to learn how to produce music You're a sort of a self-taught, very successful producer Is that correct? Yeah, although I did go to college Of course, oh, oh. <laughs> audiovisual you don't like to tell it when you went to college. It's like it's almost like something. What are you embarrassed that you have a college degree? Uh, come on, man! I'm proud of you. I just don't feel like I got the money's worth out of it. I know. I'm, See, Armando's still bitter <laughs> that he graduated school with a degree he's not using. What is it? A video production, audio and video production, <laughs> and, like, and associates of science in audio and video production, which I feel. Why the hell do I need that to do what I do now? And after all these years, like most of us, even us lawyers, you're still paying back your student loans yep. and you're just 
disgruntled yeah. over the whole college experience. So if anybody wants to help me out, <laughs> I'll send you my cash app. Coffee and candy GoFundMe <laughs> account. <laughs> and you can help me get rid of these loans from 2009. It's 2023. Hey, I'm from I'm 2003 and I'm still paying mine, man. I'm almost done with them. So like my teenage years, started rapping, started putting out my own mixtapes. And in high school, I was the talk of the town everyone loved my stuff maybe they didn't maybe they just told me they did but i was a pretty well-known kid because i was showcasing my art and at the same time djing was happening as well so i was i was in high school and i was quote-unquote rapping and i was putting out mixtapes and at that same time i was also djing and i was djing the high school dances um and i even missed my own high school prom because I was DJing another high school's prom that same night. Um, So music was such a big part of my life even back then. I was always trying to do as much as I possibly could. It wasn't just songwriting, wasn't just making beats, it wasn't just DJing. I was doing all three simultaneously year after year after year and it all just grew together. And at one point I understand you had your own studio. Yeah, well I, I... had my own studio back when I was 15, 16, and it started off just simple, basic, basic, little microphone, basic speakers. Now, if I listen back to my recordings from 2004, 5, 6, 7, they sound like shit. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was learning and I was doing it myself. Well, that was because you had a home-based studio. Yeah. But as time went on, you had more of a commercial setup. You were earning a living doing this. Local artists were coming to you to produce their music, to make their beats, and to record them for purposes of developing their own tracks. Exactly. After I got out of college in 2009, I opened up my own recording studio, and I offered um, the services of audio recording to all the local people around here, whether they were doing R&B or they were doing hip-hop or whatever. If If they needed audio recording in some capacity... I could do it. And I spent most of my 20s making a living doing that. As a producer, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, And the reason I ask you that is because, you know, sort of on a full-time basis here for Coffee and Candy, you know, you're the think tank. You're in the studio throughout the day trying to come up with ideas, staying on top with changing trends in the music, figuring out what tracks should be remixed. You know, sort of... You know, tell the audience, how do you start your day? How do you go through that creative process each day? Yeah. Well, how I start my day is I start with going on to the record pools and seeing what's new. And I do this every single day, almost like it's the daily newspaper. And maybe that word, I just dated myself because now people just go on apps Right. Or they go on their social media. Don't speak for everyone. The newspaper is still published <laughs> and printed on a daily basis, my friend. So that's how I would start my day. I have about five to seven different sites that I go and check on. And some days there's absolutely nothing. So I'm on that site in and out quick, 30 seconds. And then some days there are the daily downloads that are posted. Um, and on average, I probably spend about maybe three to five hours Per day with music management. So that is when it's on the record pools, downloading new material. Also in the production world, getting sound packs, 
and updating myself with what's out with equipment and studio software and all the new bells and whistles that come along with that as well. So it's like all the DJ world, all the production world, all the songwriting world, all the engineering world. I try to keep up with all of it. It's not easy. And once you equip yourself with all these necessary tools, take us through the creative process. What what helps you decide, you know, what the next project is going to be or what old project are you going to revive? You know, mm-hmm. I sort of have my own ideas as to uh, how I think a producer should go about moving forward with a new project, but you're actually in it, living it and doing it on a day-to-day basis. Tell me what tell the audience sort of what you go through as you endeavor on a creative process to start with a new track. Yeah, well, for Cisco Kennedy, because I want to get back to you asking how did Cisco Kennedy start? How did that come about? So if I can just touch base on that quickly. Sure. So like to recap, all the teenage years were rapping, hip-hop, making my own beats, putting that out. I seen that that was that wasn't really working for me. I decided to kind of change genres and get into more pop, more top 40, and see maybe if that would work for me. So with that, I had to now learn more about the top 40 in the pop world. And I had to develop a sound because everything was about how it's so catchy and how the like the beats that they have this this thing in them that is infectious so i wanted to have something like that for me i wanted my own identity and that's where i invented cisco kennedy um and cisco kennedy people ask me how did you come up with that because your name is armando machado where's who's cisco kennedy is that a nickname it's my porn star name and everyone has a porn star name you take your first pet as a child I had a cat named Cisco in the street that I, the street that you grew up on, and it was Kennedy, Kennedy Drive. So I combined them, Cisco, Kennedy, boom, invented 2010, 2011. And the sound, I was no longer rapping. I had found my rock and roll voice that I wanted, that I desired all those years, and I figured out how to get the tone that I wanted through software. So I had a lot of help with things like auto-tune and distortion and stuff like that. And now I had an identity. And when I made songs, you asked me, where's the inspiration come from? Believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't care what anyone thinks or says about the guy. Marilyn Manson was probably my biggest inspiration Um, because there was something about his music that was just so provoking, so shocking, so raw. And for some reason, I connected with it on a level that I just couldn't understand at at, at the time. I stumbled upon his music by accident. I was actually looking for a gift for my stepbrother for Christmas around that time period. And he was very into heavy metal and rock and roll music, more than I was. So I had originally, he probably don't even know this, 
I had bought him Marilyn Manson Hollywood album that came out in 2001. And I decided, instead of to gift it to him, I opened it up and listened to it. And that album changed everything. Did you ultimately give him the gift? I got him something else. (laughs) But it was intended for him. But something in my mind told me to open it. And that's, that's where it all changed for me. That's where I found my inspiration. Was from that. In the, in, the, in the sense that it inspired you to move forward, find your own sound, and become a, a creator and a producer. Yeah, yep. And then everything that I made had to have very particular things in it, or else it, it, it didn't embody Cisco Kennedy. So now to recap and get back to what you had asked, how I pick and choose the sounds when I make music because I'm not musically inclined because I can't just sit down at the piano and just play an A minor or play this sort of a chord progression I can by just trying to fiddle around with it and I eventually find the chords that I want or the key that I want but I honestly just go off of feeling feeling I go through a bunch of sounds rapidly rapidly I just I just randomly go through different different loops different sounds different samples and when something just kind of speaks to me I go with it and it doesn't matter if that is electronic hip-hop jazz country if it's a slow tempo fast tempo if it speaks to me that's how it starts that's how every song starts for Cisco Kennedy It's funny that you say this because I think back to some of our um, early days in the studio, sort of sitting side by side, trying to come up with sounds. And uh, I remember how frustrated I would get sitting next to you as you legitimately were randomly selecting sound after sound. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is he doing? There's like a hundred sounds under this particular instrument. Let's go through them all, hear them, and then figure out which one works best for us. And you're jumping from one to seven to 18 to 27 to 32, trying to find it almost like you have some sort of spiritual connection with the music. I do. Almost as if you feel that it will come to you or you'll be led to find the right songs. Where I approach this in a very method, you know, methodical, mechanical, rational fashion, and I think, okay, we've got our tech house sound pack, and if we're going to look at a particular instrument, you know, there's 50 sounds. Let's catalog them, let's listen to them all, and pick the one that works best. And we really come at this in two completely different ways. Yeah, I've, I've tried that method. I've tried his 20 sounds make a beat with these 20 sounds and it just never works for me and I think it has a lot to do with what if I don't want to use those 20 sounds why why are you boxing me in and creators true true artists they do not like to be limited yeah I I think this does speak to you uh, and your personality as being a real artist and a real creator um because uh, when you when you approach a project, you really come from 
um, an imaginative place mm -hmm. to try to figure out which sounds, which instruments, which chords, and which keys fit together to come up with a, you know the sort of the f finished product. Where I'm coming to, you know, the drawing board with my checklist uh, because again I don't nearly have nearly your experience, but uh, I'm able to provide sufficient input, sufficient ideas combined with your experience that allow us to ultimately come together with a coffee and candy product. Now, with all the years of experience and all, all my learning and all my educating and my um, you know, just willpower to try to be better every song that I write, I now consciously do have a checklist where if, if I'm playing a piano melody and it is in D minor or the bass line is in D minor I will consciously make sure that my kick drum is also properly in key and in, 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 in tuned to D minor so that sonically everything sounds the same because there was one point where I didn't even think like what do you mean like my, my kick has to be a certain key too it's a kick boom boom Boom, boom. But no, the key matters. Uh, so now I, I got that Armando, all figured out. Armando, I, I think there was a short in my headphones. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? The key matters. This is unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot believe that we just got a confession out of Cisco Kennedy. <laughs> this is this is a breakthrough moment for us because just like you randomly select sounds. Through your, you know, intuition and spiritual connection with music, that's exactly how you DJ randomly selecting your tracks. Whereas I come to the table and want to mix and key each and every time, yeah. keep the BPMs within three plus or minus of one another, because that's yeah. how I textbook. sort of yeah textbook. But in the sense that you have such wonderful experience with so many music genres. And it comes from you being a wedding and an event DJ, being able to to please any crowd and, and know so much about music from different uh, generations yeah. uh, to different genres. And I really just come to the table kind of like as a lawyer. I only want to handle criminal cases. As a DJ, I only want to talk electronic music. Yeah. They could be electronic remixes of songs that were originally generated in other genres. But if it's not electronic music, I'm not interested. Yeah. And most of the electronic DJ sets are built with key matching and trying to textbook fashion keep the BPMs uh, tight. So it's so great to know that you've learned a little from me just as I continue to learn from you. Yes. <laughs> like side note, you actually just said something. We should do an episode down the line where we actually talk about um, some of our favorite electronic remixes that come from all the different other genres like the 60s and 70s and the rock and roll and the disco because we play a lot of those remixes in our sets. Absolutely. And the reason we do that is because there are so many great hits from other generations. Even if we go back to what might be called classically the oldies, then you've got classic rock, modern rock, punk rock, switch genres, hip hop, R&B, dance hall, disco. There are so many great hits from all of those genres over the generations that are so popular yep. with the overall population that when you uh, have a new electronic remix of those songs, 
you are able to allow people to enjoy those songs all over again in a new fashion and introduce those old songs to the new younger audiences. Timeless songs that have been, um, I don't say revived, recreated, regenerated from creative thinkers like you that breathe new life into those old tracks in order to introduce them to new audiences. And that's what I like about much of what we do. I think that's a great idea. We can do some future episodes and, and focus in on some of those songs that we're often incorporating into our sets. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I get inspired by all genres, all genres. And sometimes I can get sort of not frustrated, but it becomes complex once I'm done with a song or a series of songs. And I say, okay, I, I want to put out a, an album. What category do I fall under? <laughs> Am I pop? Am I hip hop? Am I electronic? I never know because I infuse a hybrid. I, I'm a, a fusion. I take a little bit of this. So maybe I might have hip hop drums, but my my uh, like melodies, the bass line, they're all like electronic synthesized sounds because that's just what I gravitate towards more. Um, so my music overall is a hybrid of many genres put together. I do not know how to stay in the I can, you know, if, if someone said, I need you to write me just a, a straight top 40 radio tune, like a bubblegum pop song. I can do that and not make it sound electronic and not make it sound hip hop. But on my own accord, no, I, I go all, all over the place. Now, understanding that this is sort of how you get your inspiration and your creative process when you're developing a new track, what approach do you take, if if differently, when you're trying to create a remix? So this Because I, I want to comment on this But I want to hear what you have to say This is where I now have to use A little guidelines If I want it to be somewhat Successful I create Remixes In three ways Number one First and foremost For me Passion I, I, I have to enjoy it Two For the DJ community I want other DJs to play it. So it, ha- it has to work for what they're into. Three, does it make the audience want to dance? Because not only do I make remixes, but I make club remixes, dance remixes. Is this danceable? Can I dance to this? And if all three of those check, then that's when I say, hey, got myself a new remix this week. If those three don't check, you're never going to hear it because I just file delete and it just doesn't work out. Well, as an observer of some of your remix, your remix products or your or your remix ideas, it seems to me that you often gravitate towards a song that you think is going to be a big hit. So one that comes to mind is the song Holy that came out last year. Do you remember that? Unholy, yeah. Yeah, or Unholy. Just won a Grammy, by the way. Yeah, I never liked the song. <laughs> I'm never going to like the song. I do not want to hear the song played. But I remember you saying to me, hey, new song just came out. 
Unholy. This is going to be a big hit. When I heard it for the first time, I hated it. When I heard it for the thousandth time, <laughs> still hated it. But you had foresight. You knew that song was going to be a big, big hit. And you put time and effort behind putting together a solid coffee and candy remix. Do you do that often? Do you gravitate towards the songs that you think are going to be big hits, hoping that the remix will get um, a good amount of attention and airplay from the DJs? Yeah, so going back to my daily downloads, as I'm downloading, I'm consciously saying, which one of these would be a good candidate to remix? And there has to be certain elements. It, it has to be workable in the either one... 20 to 130 BPM. Um, if if not, it's probably not going to work out. Uh, so that's the first thing. Can I get my hands on a studio acapella or somewhat of a of a clean DIY acapella? If not, I'm just setting myself for um, setting myself up for frustration. So I don't just pick and choose anything. There are certain things that it has to meet in order for me to say, okay, I think I can make this work. Some people would say that that's crazy, that, that that's how I, I base it. I think it's kind of a little bit of my OCD, but that they have to have a few things up front in order for me to take on the song as a remix project. Okay. I, th <laughs> I, I come at this always... Compared to you, from a different perspective, I don't have the creative skill and ability that you bring to the table. But one of the things I do have, and I think you acknowledge, is that I have the ear. And I know a sound when it's going to be a hit. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do, the way I approach things, is first and foremost, if I hear a song that's been released that I think needs significant improvement... Those are the songs that I try to bring into the coffee and candy fold. I think to myself, you as the artist want to appreciate all the time what some other artist has done and what their interpretation of the song would be. I, I just don't have the, the, vis, the vision to see that. I see the song as, ah, you know, the artist really missed the mark here. How can coffee and candy improve on it? And those are the songs that I'll always be driving to you uh, for purposes of remixes. And I also like reviving old songs. You know, there was a, a big wave in the in the dance industry of taking old 80s tracks or old 90s tracks, sampling them or recreating them, coming out with new versions of them. That's where my heart is because I feel like those old songs that are being recreated and regenerated are not only giving credit and uh, paying homage to those artists that came before us. Yep. But we're being able to introduce some of these older great hits to new audiences. In essence, keeping the song alive. And that's that's what motivates me. Pushing tracks into the coffee and candy machine, if you will, to keep old hits alive, revisioned in the coffee and candy fashion, and taking new songs that are being released and trying to improve upon them in our own vision. Yeah, and we did that... With a few songs, speaking of 80s, uh, Rick James, Give It To Me Baby. We flipped that one in a tech house style fashion. One of our first ones. Yep, yep. Um, another one was... Some of the 90s tracks we did, Everybody. Black Box, Everybody. That was great track. Same thing. Still love we, to play it today. That, that was a dance song. Yeah. And we just gave it the modern 
like electronic sound of, of what 2022 or 2023 sounds like right it's from the 90s so sure yep um what's another one physical yes by um, like olivia newton john the late olivia newton john we flipped that one that was just a straight up 80s pop tune um and we gave that new life by making that more of a house record i kept the melody on that one recognizable and I just gave it a, a better backbeat how about that track that got us in a little trouble let's tell them about that um that, which which we entitled next to me right yeah. but it sampled two popular dance two songs, songs Amber Sexual yep. and Rui De Silva's Touch Me that's correct right? yeah touch and, me and in it, the morning and let me tell you that. next to me was a huge hit it paid homage to those artists who no one has spoken of or thought of in many, many years. We did everything by the book to try to get the rights to put it out. The pools put it out for us. Yep. And lo and behold, you know, Mr. De Silva's camp came to us and asked us to take it down. And we did. And interesting enough, his song has now gained new popularity. I've mm-hmm. seen it on Instagram and mm-hmm. other social media platforms. Uh, I traded text messages with Mr. De Silva, telling him our intent was to pay him respect and homage yeah, for we the wonderful work he did in the past. Hide it or dupe him and in, just in, him, in any way. No, no, but he, he was not supportive. But I can't help but wonder if next to me on all the DJ pools helped breathe new life into his old song. You know what? It's possible every year so many bootleg mixes are done of all songs, of all genres. And once in a while, someone will get lucky and a bootleg will get, well, um, what's the proper term? Will get signed mm-hmm. and uh, like commissioned to now get support from the label to become a official release. On our next episode, you and I are going to have a conversation about the music industry and the challenges that new artists or new folks like us face with trying to put out tracks. I definitely want to have a discussion with you about this. You've taught me a lot about the music industry based on your experience and listening and looking through the, the, the ears and the eyes of a lawyer. I have a lot to say about it, and I think a lot of our audience and other artists are going to appreciate my commentary. But for now, why don't we get into the mix? Let's do it. It's time for your air candy with K and K. I wish I knew then what I know now. And are we ever gonna get to higher ground? I wish I knew then what I know now. And are we ever gonna get to higher ground? We are hit and look up at the sun. We're never leaving. Spread your wings and watch yourself become. 
Coffee and candy. Been waiting on that sunshine, but I think I need that back. Can't do it like that. No one else gonna get it like that. So I. Uh...
Coffee and candy, bitch.